Disclaimer. AFL players, coaches, and umpires are professionals. The hilarious remarks and nicknames said in this podcast are not intended to be offensive in any way. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. Kiss him on the lips. Cowabunga, dudes. This is the Cousins AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm Keebs, coach of the Super Subs. I'm here with my cousin, Jados. Coach of NFNL, KF, KL, no fife, no life, no fife, no life. And we're back. We are Round 18, 18, was it? Yeah, yep. the season is, is winding to an end, mate. There's not long left. I know. Where's the time gone? It actually has flown. It seems to every year, to be honest. And then we have have the bottomless pit of nothingness for six months. <laughs> yeah, emptiness <laughs> inside. When the season Sadness. ends. Actually, we'll have to do stuff with my weekends. Yeah, same, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's we- it, I just I actually can't believe how quickly it's gone, though, because it feels like, I don't know, like we, we this whole f- podcasting has been a learning process for us. And it's like, oh, yeah, you know, we're just starting, we're kicking off and we're learning how to do it and we're having fun doing it. And now it's like, oh, we've almost on a whole season of this thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool, it's mate. It's pretty cool. I'm keen to I'm keen to jump back in for next year as well and Yeah. We we're just we're ramping up. We're, we're just doing more and more. We actually are more. ramping up. It's all happening. We've got an Instagram page now and a well, TikTok. Uh, yeah. Yes. That was actually one thing I had on the list that I wanted to talk about before we got into the round. So that there that was go. unplanned, but yes. <laughs> so we have we now have an Instagram which I'm going to do my best to be the admin of and consistently post some stuff, which is at the cousins fantasy. Um, Love it. And it's going to be sort of like a combination of like posting some news and, you know, but also just some random funny things and some things from our Twitter as well. But yeah, it's, it's, I think it'd be a good way for us to reach out to some more beginner players as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, just create more content and Get the cousin's name out there. That's it, yeah. So we have an Instagram now. So if you want to go follow us and get some news and funny things, then do it. It's the second step in our plan to take over the world. <laughs> world the world, world domination. Yeah. World domination. It all starts with our Instagram. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. Um, some other housekeeping actually before we get into it as well is that we went to the Traders event the yes, other night on did. Thursday night at the Camfield and we met all the lads. We met Roy... And Calvin and Warney, and we also met Jeppa, and it was just an excellent time. Yeah, it really was. They're all just such like terrific blokes as well. Got to have a, a proper chat to them all and get around the lads, chat fantasy, and it was just a great time. Yeah. It was a great show as well. Yeah, our three dads, we love them. Um, it's they were, <laughs> yeah, it's so great how nice they were as well. Like I think I was weirdly like starstruck. Oh mate, same, <laughs> same. Like obviously, fantasy is such a niche, and like. They're not like world famous, but in our to world, us, yeah. it's like, oh man, we've been listening to these guys for years. Absolute rock stars to the, yeah. to the cousins, mate. Yeah. yeah our heroes. So it was it was fantastic to meet them and they were so friendly. And we chat fantasy, we chat about our seasons and yeah, it's just it's just good. I guess I guess really they're kind of like the inspiration for what we've decided to do, you know? Yeah, big time. Big time. So shout out to the traders. Um, and yeah, their event was a good time. We also actually on that event, we both placed in trivia, which is just yes, we <laughs> it was did. nice. We represented the podcast well. We both were, I think, 
top 10 maybe or around that mark? I think I think we were maybe 10, 10 and 11 or 9 and 10. Yeah. We're, but yeah, around around the top 10 mark. Yeah. We'll claim top 10. I think we both pride <laughs> ourselves in our like our fancy knowledge. You yeah. know, like we, we remember it all and we, <laughs> you know. So yeah, it was pretty cool that we and I got slighted by the uh, the prize givers because I placed one spot one spot above you in the trivia, and you got a little football and I didn't, mate. I got the stubby and the and the game day cards, but I didn't get my little my little footy. You had to ask for it. You have to be assertive for these things. Well, I don't, I don't want to be greedy, but I'm <laughs> I'm pretty flat, mate. If you wanted up. the football cards, you had to ask for it. Maybe just steal yours. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> but we'll have, we'll keep it in the room. I think it's a cool little souvenir to have. Yeah, it was such it was such an awesome event. Again, the trader the traders event and the trivia was fun, except for the guy that cheated to win. But that's all right. We won't talk about that. Yeah, unmentioned. All right, so let's get into. <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk about it, but we did talk about it. Um, let's get into our round. So why don't you kick us off? All right, mate. This week I scored twenty three hundred flat, and I'm currently ranked at seven thousand two hundred and thirty six. It was a solid round for the subs. I moved up about 250 spots. Nothing massive, but it felt it felt bad as the round was going. Like I saw a lot of a lot of dominoes falling, a lot of poor scores from my pod mids. Um and I thought I was in strife. So getting to a 2300 is is solid and I'm happy I've climbed again for well, like a fourth consecutive week I think now. And I can feel the top 5k, mate. I'm on the cusp. It's going to happen soon. It's going to happen soon. What about yourself? What did you score? How did you go? Yeah, well, I scored a 23.52, which turns out to be a pretty decent score for this round, which puts me at a rank of 6,766th. And I think there's a couple of things to say about that. You've got me again. (laughs) Yeah, that's the first thing I wanted to say, which is I am now number one ranked in our league. Thanks for coming. Thank you very much. We've been neck and neck all year, mate. It's kind of like the final thing that we're playing out for between us is is overall rank because you're you're out out of the league. No, I'm not, mate. You're not. I'm not out I of the league. I swear you're out of it. Right? More, more on it later, but mathematically, I'm still a chance, and I've got a, a soft draw, mate. So it's gonna be a real. I miracle. still believe, but I, <laughs> yeah, I'll, t- I'll touch on it more later. But you've currently got me by 40 points in overall rank. So yeah, and it's just gonna keep coming. It's not gonna keep coming, mate. <laughs> we, we've we've been alternating most weeks who's who's leading. So it's gonna be an interesting charge to to the, the king of overall rank in our specific league. Yeah, it will be interesting. I just wanted to say on this round, don't you think it was such a strange round? Yes. So many weird things happened. So, so, so many. It was massive scores from random players and horrible scores from like popular captain options. It just, it was weird, man. Pretty weird, yeah. Um, Like you said, yeah, felt like we were both doing really poorly. We both copped a bit of carnage even before the round started. We both had Darcy Cameron, both have Sheldrick, who we were looping. Yeah, you had Titch and I had Green. I had Seamus Mitchell as well, who I was looping. So like straight away, there's like, whoa, what are we going to do? But the Titch thing threw me for a huge, huge, huge span. Like it was a big spanner in the works um, just because I had my trades all set. And then I was like, nah, Titch is out. And then I was like, well, I can't just hold him. And then he was named Sub. Um, so it might be a good way for us to get into our hogs and flogs for this week. Um, let's start with our h- flogs. Our this flogs week. this week. Yeah, okay. starting with flogs. <laughs> My flog is James Sicily, who's the biggest <laughs> flog to walk the earth. First, he gets done for striking and misses the first week of the buyers. Comes back, gets himself suspended for three weeks for a dangerous tackle. Comes back again, is the height player of the competition and drops a 60 
five. I can't believe I paid 934K for this absolute flog. I hate his little fringy <sighs> fringe that he has and his little smug face. That was possibly the weirdest outcome of, of the weekend, but it, it really possibly could have been could have been predicted because Ford has done jobs like throughout the season, a couple. Um, no one, but no one, yeah, had the foresight to, to think of it. it. I guess it's just hard to predict what's going to happen when someone hasn't played footy in three weeks. Yeah. And maybe that's the takeaway. Yeah, I guess you don't expect someone to come in off like three weeks off and get tagged straight yeah. away. Yeah, when someone's coming off suspension, obviously they're not going to be like unfit or anything like that, like a player coming back from injury. But, you know, like three weeks is a long time to not play. So you might come back in like poor form or you might like struggle just to, you know, get back into the pace of the game a little bit. But to cop a tag in your first game back, that's brutal. And the crazy thing is he sort of junked it up just to get to a 65, <sighs> which is not even a respectable score. But yeah, at I one stage, on I was like... At three quarter time. Yeah, I was like, mate, this guy's going to drop a 40 on me. And I was fuming. I had to turn the game off. So here's my flog for this week. That was my... Big trade-in. I talked about it all week. I think he was very popular as a trade-in target and he just absolutely flopped for all of us. So, James Sicily, you're the flog. Biggest flog of all flogs. All right, my flog. I've gone for two this week and it's Himmelberg for his 77. Just frustrating, man. Like two weeks in a row, 270 scores in a row. It's just not good enough. It's frustrating towards the end of the year trading in a guy who basically immediately becomes a priority trade out target of your team. Now I've got him sitting there and it's just, I need to get rid of him, but I've got other priorities. So that's just, it's just frustrating. It's not enough. The other one that I had was Lockie Neal and he scored 75 in the end, but man, at halftime, it was looking like he could be on for a 40 or a 50. I think he was on 21 at halftime from memory. And I was, I was actually at work while this game was on, but I was panicking. I was like, Oh no, he sell. I don't even know if you can call a seventy-five salvaging a score, really, because it's not still for an, not for someone who's nine hundred k. Yeah, absolute crap. Roy, mm. Roy, shout out to Roy again. Had him in his rolling twenty-two in his in his top eight mids. I think we were sort of on the cusp of having him in our top yeah. eight mids as well. Yeah, that's just not top eight behavior. Not so even close. A seventy-five without without a really hard tag is just is just crap. So Neil, you're a flog this week, mate. Yeah, it's terrible. All right, well, let's move on to our hogs for this week. This week, my hog is a man that I traded in on Thursday night. I brought him back into the subs. Finally, Timmy English for his 140. He was my VC. I took the score. I doubled it. It felt good. It was just good stuff all around. We saw that game as well at the Traders event, and I probably would have been a pretty salty man if I didn't have him in my team. So... Timmy English, just great stuff. The other one I wanted to quickly mention was Windhager because he was my cover for Tom Green and he turned up like a big, beautiful man. Well, now I'm mad at you because you just stole my hog. <laughs> I didn't know. You didn't tell me. We didn't communicate. We never, <laughs> we never tell each other who our hogs are and our flogs, but that's pretty funny. So Marcus Hager. We, Marcus, Marcus Hager? <laughs> oh, my God. Nice. You've got me flustered, we, mate. We can I both pump even, him up. It's all right. I have to riff on him now. Marcus Windhager for his 100 against Gold Coast. Great stuff. It was basically the darkest hour of my great footy club, NFNL, KFKL. <laughs> and Marcus... Came to the rescue with his 100. They're calling it the Miracle on Grass 2.0. I've heard, I have heard they that. They have been calling about. it that. The savior, the hero, 
What a stud. Bravo, Marcus. Honestly, yeah. I, I chose to field Wilmot over him. And so Green being a laid out actually was what brought his score onto my field. So the Wilmot stuff was flattening, but Wintager to, to s- also save the subs with his ton. Yeah. What a stud. It's so big. It's so big in a round full of carnage that, you know, a rookie steps up with a ton. He really it's so great. He really smashes the eye test too. Windhager's someone that I'm going to be super keen on next year. I just I love watching him play, mate. He he just ticks all the boxes. I think. Yeah. See, it puts me in an interesting situation because he was yeah like for my trades this week. I guess we're sort of getting into some strategy, but I have the option to get Windhager off my field or someone who was in your negative. Oh, sorry, who was your flog? Himmelberg, which is Himmelberg, and I don't know who to upgrade out of those two. This yeah, week, it's actually tough. It's, I mean, it's a weird one because one is technically well, not a rookie, but like someone who you categorize in that sort yeah, of yeah. He was, I guess, he was very close to rookie price at one point this year, but um, obviously, obviously a second year player and um, didn't didn't quite get down to that three hundred k range. But he's got North this week and he's yeah. playing inside mid. He could yeah, he could back it up with yeah. a ninety. And I don't really have the faith in Himmelberg at the moment to do that. Well, Himmelberg is a bit of an underperforming mid price. But he's not dropping asshole. any stinkers, but I, I watched that game really closely. I watched him. Yeah. I, he was basically the only player I was watching. I was just eyeballing him the whole game. And yeah, he just didn't pass the eye test at all. Like he's just in weird spots and GWS just aren't that junky team that they were when he was like, what a 90, 90 plus guy when he 90, came home as a, 96, he averaged as a defender last year. Yeah. And yeah, he's just not getting close to that at the moment. I haven't actually done the numbers, but I'd say he's what probably low, real low 80 since he moved into that and role. And that's this probably year. where I see him. But Windhager is probably what, an 80 guy as well? No. I th- he dropped a ton, but he was he was scoring 70s before that. Yeah, so. but he dropped a 40 recently. His role's like sort of inconsistent. It's a bit of a tough one. Himmelberg's five-round average is 82.2, by the way. There but, you go. So that's right where I'd see him as well. Yeah. yeah. Windhager, I think, maybe like a, a mid to mid to high 70s guy, but he's still got that low BE and the soft matchup. So I think I'd, I'd actually roll with him this week on field as... As yeah, controversial is that? Is yeah, that might maybe. Be. Anyway, that's that's a discussion for later, and I'll keep thinking about it. But maybe let's move on to our hot bakes for this week. Hot bakes. All right, hot bakes this week for hot bakes. I'm going to start by baking the Giants, just the entire management team. To be honest, everything that's going on with the Giants, I'm annoyed at them because. The Tom Green stuff, like apparently he got hurt. They end up saying that he got hurt at training. There was a lot of rumors going around at the traders event on Thursday night that he got injured in last week's game. That was partly why he he played so badly. They name him in the team and then wait until what? Was it Saturday morning to withdraw him from the team? Yeah. What are you doing, man? No, Friday. Friday morning. After my trades had locked in anyway is the point. Say something earlier, like surely put some news out there like Tom Green's got a little niggle or anything and I wouldn't have done trades that locked in on Thursday. It pisses me off. I got English, so I'm, I can't really be too mad, but I had Green, Darcy Cameron and Sheldrick that were all out. There's so many more things that I could have done. I, if I knew what had happened and what was going to happen with Green, I probably would have grabbed Max Gorn this week because I was actually keen on him. Obviously, he dropped that massive score. I probably would have used my other trade to grab Jack Steele. My team would be so much better for it, but it's not. I've got Tom Green there who I need to trade out this week. 
I copped a 53, which I'm still unhappy about with Wilmot. And it's just like, man, just be upfront. Just be upfront about injuries. We shouldn't have to hear from Roy, who's heard from like a random fan, <laughs> some like possible fake news. Yeah. And just speculate. Yeah. And just, and just after teams have been named. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> just That's when you know it's dicey. It's like, well, he's got a little green dot next to his name on the app. <laughs> just spend Thursday night speculating and stressing only for to have it t- t- confirmed on a Friday. It's like, come on, man. Just be upfront. Don't, don't hide things from the fans. Yeah. Don't hide things from the fantasy coaches. Keeps spent all weekend pulling his hair out at what happened. I don't even have hair, but mate, it's. <laughs> Picking at it, yeah. I don't even know what to say. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just flat. I'm just flat. So the Giants for just being absolute flogs yep. with their with their team announcements this week. Don't do that. Don't yep. do it again. Yeah. And I just want to say, get more supporters. If you had more supporters, this wouldn't be a thing. Yeah. We'd know the news. <laughs> there's no one watching their training. That's the problem. Yeah. The news would have come out way earlier. It would like, have been all good. Oh, Tom Green's not at training this week. <laughs> but there's no one track watching. God, apparently damn. the Giants. Man. <laughs> all right. Great. I've got a hot bag for you, mate. <clears throat> right. And it's one I'm ready. final send-off for Stewie Jew. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here's a quote for you. My understanding is Sam Flanders and Elijah Hollins did not see eye to eye with Stuart Jew. Both out of favour and garnered interest from other clubs. They are more likely to stay out than they would have been had Jew been coach in 2024. Man, he clearly had favourites. And he stunted the development of someone who's going to be a fantasy star. He's going to be a footy star. 100%. Basically wasted a talented, sorry, a career of a talented on-baller in Fiorini because he obviously also didn't like him. So Stewie Jew, mate, the the fact that this quote has come out has just confirmed our suspicions that you're a shit coach, you're a shit (laughs) bloke. It's so annoying. Because Going hard at the man after he's lost his it's job, true. mate. You say- <laughs> That's why I'm saying it's one final send off, one final bake for the great man. <laughs> I think. I think the fact that he's currently unemployed is pretty enough. <laughs> you said it. You said it the other day. Like, do you I- reckon these coaches look at like really advanced stats? Surely not, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just on the Fiorini thing, it's just like oh. if you if you saw the numbers he's putting up. At VFL level. <laughs> I agree, mate. You, you just know it's like, oh, that's what he does as an inside midfielder. Even at AFL level, if you look at the numbers he was putting up at the end of what was it, 2021? Yeah, I think so. As an inside midfielder. But it's it's not even just then. Like it's happened in you know, other years as well. Doesn't make It doesn't make any yeah. sense. It really is frustrating. Yeah. It's a funny thought to have as well. Like did Coates... Do coaches look at advanced stats? But some of them must just not. Like Stewie Jew, there's no way. Yeah. There's They're just like, oh, no the way. assistant coaches will do that. Or so, oh, there's someone yeah. to do that job for me. I bet they don't sit there on their phones like scrolling through stats like we do, which is a funny thing because yeah, fantasy fans sometimes notice things that just yeah. even even some of the like biggest names in footy, media, coaches just aren't thinking about, aren't looking at. But every, every team should just have like <clears throat> one top 100 fantasy coach finisher on the, as an on, advisor, yeah, yeah. On, yeah, on like their coaching panel, just to yeah. like flick through stats and just give them, give them yeah. the heads up on. Yeah, so true, <laughs> mate. Because I mean, so just circling back to it, Fiorini, I think you can sort of forgive Jew for not giving him inside midfield time now that like Anderson has taken a big step as a mid. Tuke is a superstar now. Raul is a superstar. 
Um, even Humphrey, like coming up first yeah. year player, it makes sense to give him the minutes. But what about like last year or the year before when you when you're just giving CBAs to go, like swallow oh. just for for way too long, way yeah. way yeah. way too long. Um, who else was he giving Davies? Yeah, Davies gets yeah, way too w- many, way 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 too many under Stewart. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't make sense, man. I. I some of these things, like even Sam Flanders languishing away in the VFL earlier this year, putting up just massive games, like massive games last year. Like he's such a stud. I think he's a high draft pick. Like everyone yeah. sees the talent. He's putting up the numbers in the twos. And as soon as he's given the opportunity in the AFL, bang. But, but as it has, has a career best game, 30 disposals on the weekend for the first time in his career. But no, mate, I'd rather Alex Davies... Yeah, yeah I don't understand. So Stewie Jew, you're hot baked one last time. Well, hopefully one last time. Maybe he'll be Yeah, call that Stewie. <laughs> Maybe he'll be a senior coach again one day. Hopefully for your sake you you do find some employment soon, but just not as an AFL head coach. Yeah. That's just anything else. Yep. Now before we move on, I have one last I'm gonna call this a reverse bait. A rever- okay. What a hot, is a, it a hot praise? Hot it's not quite a praise. It's more like a warm hug a warm hug okay <laughs> it's an apology and it's to horse longmire and i'm saying sorry for baking you about sheldrick's tog last week um yeah yeah okay i yeah. think we both underestimated the severity of the ankle injury and we, yeah. we were going hard at horse a good call and good I, call I, I would like to retract the words i, wanna, that I yes, said as well i want to retract my horrible horrible language <laughs> um gas is just a tough nut and uh, yeah, yeah, played out the game. We can't wait to see him back out there. Even but, yeah. even more respect for Gus Sheldrick now that he played out with an injury that's going to cost him a few weeks. What a stud! And yet, <laughs> sorry, horse mate. I didn't. I didn't mean what I said. <laughs> oh, funny. All right, I think we've wrapped up hot bakes. Let's get into some GBU. All right, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're here to talk about who was good, who was bad, who was ugly, and I'm going to kick us off with my good for this week, and it's Nick Dacos. We all know he's amazing. He's quickly becoming everyone's favorite player. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, just bumping into anyone on the street. Who's your favorite footy player? Nick, Nick Dacos. Dacos. Yeah. Just straight away. He's like, yeah, just he's, he's very, very good. He's the little goat already. Um, Yes. But yeah, is. a few a few weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, I was very skeptical of his output when they moved him to inside midfield. I thought, oh man, he's not like he doesn't quite have the body for it. I know he's quick, but he's not like much of a tackler. I know the big knock on him early in the season was his um contested possessions, but they're actually like he's man, he's a freak as an inside midfielder. He's gone to a new level. He used to just dominate at junior level, like forty touches and like two or three snags a game. And he's just doing it at AFL level now. I, I just found a crazy Nick Dacos stat. He's only had five scores this year under 110. What? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That is that is phenomenal. Mate, it feels so good to be an owner because he just – he. I really believe it. I think he's going to be the GOAT. He's the, that good. The way he that really he, is that good. He moves. He's got like everything you want in a footballer. He's fast. He's agile. His disposal is just so good. He racks up. like it just, Makes good decisions. He hits the scoreboard. I Kicks mean, crazy goals. Like he's got that magic touch as well. Stud. He's just a stud, man. <laughs> I, to- I tried to tell you early in the year I when knew, I said I knew, I, like my, my whole – Life changed when I finally got him into my team. I was like, it doesn't matter what he costs. 
you'll just enjoy the weekend when you finally have him. I feel the same. Can't, can't you hear the happiness in my voice? Yeah, <laughs> I can. Well, and think just about it. Gleeful. When, when did you pick him up? Three weeks ago? Yeah, I think, yeah, three weeks ago. And you've had three ranking <laughs> ranking jumps? It's all Nick Dacos. Yeah, I, he has a three-round average of 131 since I got him. Just what a guy, man. What a guy. He's just the most beautiful man. I love it, mate. I love it. <clears throat> All right. My good this week was LDU for his 138. Now, he is a massive pod that I think a lot of people are going to warm to this week. He had 10 marks, nine tackles. So sort of really, really hit the other stats that you want to see from your inside mids. Um, yeah, there's not really much else to say. I'm, I'm super keen on him and he just smashed the eye test for a second week in a row now. So still underpriced and just, God, just did some good things. Yeah, I watched that game and he looked phenomenal i know he had like a rocky start to the year but we know he had injury issues and i I really think that was probably what was wrong because the last two weeks is yeah as you said he smashed the eye test what what did he have like 10 marks nine tackles is that what you said yeah dude that's ridiculous man yeah that that now like even the way that he started his first three games this year were great the way he ended last year it's that that form all mashed together is like a pretty prolonged run of just dominance so yeah, I think if you if you discount the the games with the injury rumors and and whatnot, and obviously he missed a few weeks with injuries this year, he's just a primo mid, and he's so cheap, so love it. Yep. All right, and one last thing I think we should mention because neither of us had him as our good for this week, but he's the top scorer of the round, Maximus Gorn for a one sixty one. Was it one sixty two? One sixty two. Whole extra point in there, which mate, he absolutely dominated and I actually <laughs> I picked Nick Dacos because I wanted to give him a shout out but also I just like in my head I just assumed you were going to talk about Max <laughs> I was like there's no way Keebs isn't going to pick Max as he's good so I yeah we just need to mention it he absolutely dominated um, Grundy got dropped and I can't see how he's going to get back in yeah this this is technically his career high score with the 162 in the COVID year he had a, a BCV score that was a little bit higher but in terms of just actual points on the page just he looked good man he just he was clunking marks and I, I you know i didn't manage to catch the whole game but i saw a lot of the highlights and it just looked like absolute prime max just ruck dominance i think he could easily be a top two ruck for the rest of the year <laughs> again now it's funny that isn't it it's it's funny because i made english my my uh hog for the week but i'm actually a little bit salty that i got him over max yeah you know it was what 250k difference before the round yeah it just would have been such a significant such a significant amount of money to be able to put on someone else. It's funny because there's only what six rounds left and you talk about him being a top two ruck, but he really could go like to another level that he's never been on before. When you consider the fact that their, their second ruck is no longer Luke Jackson, it's actually Jacob Van Ruyen. Yeah. yeah, JVR. (laughs) So if anything, Max is going to ruck more than he ever has before and not rest forward. Uh, yeah, well, he apparently had 95% rock time exactly. in the game. So exactly. if he's doing that, he, he could easily be a 110 that's, plus. That's the crazy thing. He's, <laughs> what, 33 years old and he might play the, like, the most rock minutes he has for his career. 31, I believe. Oh, 31. Okay, yeah, sorry. I just pulled that out of my ass. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's crazy. Max Gorn, man. Yeah, he's just such a stud. I mean, people were even considering picking him at the start of the year. I mean, if a few people did went down with the injury, but he's, he's averaging high nineties. If you take out that injury and that's fine for a mid 700 K rock, someone who's going to yeah put, put a lot of points on that. I think if you're chasing a rock this week, he's probably the one that you grab. Yep. All right, let's move on to 
the bads and I'm nominating Callum Mills. Now, he's already been the cause of one mishap in this podcast because I did an <laughs> awkward segue to my flogs earlier, thinking in my mind that Callum Mills was my flog, but he was actually my bad for this week and that's why I got confused for his 71. Now, he was my other trade-in. So I brought in Sicily and Mills. Mm. Failed <laughs> trades. Not good. <laughs> I'm, I'm especially annoyed at it because he wasn't on my radar all week. I was sort of keen to fade him. I've already owned him this year and he dropped that three. <laughs> yep. Did his calf injury. But the Titch news freaked me out. I was already like, I was literally about to hop in my car on the way to this traders event. And I was like, I, ga- Shit. I gave you a quick call. Just yeah, to you're give like, you heads up. You're like, you know, Titch has been managed, right? And I was like, you're kidding me, bro. So I have to find a way to still get Sicily, <laughs> but also get rid of Titch. And I was like, okay, the only way I can do it is grabbing Callum Mills. And I, LDU was an option, but I was too scared of the Finn McGuinness tag after last week, the job that he did on Josh Kelly. Yeah, but he went to TT of all people. Yeah. McGuinness. So super weird. Yeah. So Callum Mills wasn't on my radar all week. Comes in, drops a 71. And the really shit thing is he had the second most CBAs for Sydney, but he just looked so flat. We watched it live with everyone at the Traders game. And there were a lot of... (laughs) That was actually hilarious. That was really funny because, yeah, he was just nowhere. But every time he got a plus six, everyone just cheered. Erupted, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. but he's my bad for this week. It's kind of shit. But I think he's a hold if you're an owner. Yeah, I would say so. Just based on role. um, Yeah, we've talked about how volatile his role has been all season, but... I feel like it hasn't been talked about just the fact that he really is just underperforming below his standards. He's having a bad year. A horrible year, you know. And even at the start of the year, like his role was volatile, but random games he'd pop up for like 30% CBAs, 40%. Shouldn't be dropping 70s with that number of CBAs. It's really hard to point to to why he's having such a bad year as well. Like, yeah. you know, now with the CBA increase, it's like, what, yeah. what's happening? Why are you scoring so badly? Like there's there's nothing to indicate I it. I can't work it out. His tog has been fine since he came back from injury. Like, he just doesn't His tog was good earlier in the year yeah last year he was so junky like as an inside mid just, lots of tackles yeah he was playing on a wing and like running around and getting plus sixes yeah, last just year dirty, as well like, doing the, the cheapest little like leads that were like 10 meters and always getting plus sixes for them but he's just not doing it this year so yeah i think he's a 90 guy at best even with like 40 50 percent cbas he just doesn't look like the same player as last year yeah i think he's still someone that you watch because He's the type of player that could just drop a, a random big score out of anywhere and then just go on a run to end the year. Like, yep. we know what he can do. And because there's there's nothing really pointing to why he's in bad form, that, that form could just reverse at any moment, I think. Yep. Yeah, if you're, if you're an owner, you probably hold. Well, that's what I'm going to do. Mo- yeah. yeah, I think most most coaches still probably have higher priorities, but he's he's not something I would someone I would look to get in at the moment. No. All right, I'll get into my bad. And it's Sean Darcy for his 74 and his sub... This was a week where people will, oh, a lot of people were looking at Rucks. Um, you know, obviously with the DC news being injured, Briggs is, was kind of coming to the end of his of his cash gen. Nank, yeah, Nank, another one who has got suspended for three weeks. So, in a week that people were looking for Rucks, Darcy seemed like the value option. He was one of the cheaper guys with the ceiling, seventy four and a sub. It's just if you're an owner, condolences because it's horrible stuff to see. 
for a guy that you brought in this week, someone to be subbed out and, yeah, just drop a score that was so far off the other rucks this week. You almost did it as uh, well. Mate, I, was, I was very close. Yeah, <laughs> you, were, you were talking to me about it on Thursday. You were like, I think I'm going to do it, man. You were showing me the stats of his recent form versus English's recent form. Yeah, I would have grabbed if, – if I did grab Darcy, it would have been Darcy and Mills. So I dodged a bullet by grabbing like just English and downgrading with my other trade. Um, but yeah, like I said, in a week that people needed rucks, you just got one in that you're, you're probably going to have to trade straight away. Yep. All right. My ugly for this week is Zach Butters for his 68. But more specifically, I want to highlight his three-point second half. What? Yes. What? Yes. Oh, because of the sub. The sub. Well, no, he didn't actually get subbed per se. But he, yeah, it was really weird. So... He was on 65 at halftime. He was just chugging along. Him yeah. and Rosie were both chugging along. And owners would have been like sitting back, just being like, yes, finally, Zach Butters is bouncing back this week. Third quarter, only one touch. He, he just had, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Sorry, just one touch. I think he had a tackle and a handball from memory. So he had six points. And then in the last gave, quarter- Gave a free away. Last quarter, comes wow. in for a minus three and then, ben, and then goes off, yeah. doesn't come back on. He sat on the bench yet for basically the whole last quarter. But they'd already activated their subs. So he just sat there and everyone was like, is he injured? A little injured sign popped up on the app. Yeah, and he, I was messaging is he, is I was messaging our group chat. Uh, I don't actually know No, well, they confirmed, they confirmed in the game that- he was just experiencing soreness and they were just, they'd already lost the game. They were down by like 40 points or something. Yeah, they got 50 creamed points. just quietly. So I think they just decided to hold him back. I think he'd been a bit sore this week or something like that. So it's just management. Oh, mate, that's the sort of stuff that just, oh God. yeah. If I was an owner, I would be livid with that. Because yeah. you see, Butters on 65 at halftime, you think, all right, he's going for a 130 here. Or yeah. like, you know, at least a 110. Yeah. Three points in the second half. Yeah. Wow. And it would just be infuriating because his three-round average is now 85 for a guy that pretty much everyone had like penciled in for their top six well, he got forwards up, on the run home. He got up to mid-900K. Yeah. Yeah, if you brought him in. Yeah, and I know likes. a lot of people sort of did that over the buyers or just before the buyers, like chasing just the sort of form that he was in. Everyone's talking about him for the brown low. It was crazy. We talked about him a fair bit, just how much of a miss he felt like for us. Yeah, I mean, it, it still was a big miss, but it doesn't feel like that now. Yeah, if, really. it's like it's it's a calming sense of relief. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Finished teams, it doesn't feel like he's someone that you absolutely need to have in your team. Yep. All right, my ugly this week. It's a bit of an interesting one because I'm giving it to a rookie who wouldn't really be on anyone's field, but Alex Chincotta. He scored 31 this week, which brings his seven-game average to 35.7 after he averaged 76 in his first three games. The reason that it's so ugly is because we thought that he could possibly be one of the rookies of the year. Um, After his first three games, everyone had him on field, was confident, 35.7 35.7 he's averaging 10. He's bleeding cash. He's dropped so much. He's going to drop even more because Carlton are winning. He's going to stay in the team. And it's ugly because a rookie who at the very least looked like that would be a valuable cash out is now like fast tracking his way back to basement price. <laughs> and mate, it's frustrating because benches are getting thin. It's getting towards the end of the year. He's someone that you would have wanted to cash out and you're so not, not going to be able to now. Do you still have him? Yeah, on my bench. <laughs> on my bench. I can't I can't believe you didn't cash him out. I didn't I had 
other other yeah. cash cows that had fattened Clearly. more, yeah. other things to prioritize. But yeah, now he's just now he's yeah in no man's land. I, I can't do anything with him. I can't cash him. He's not worth enough. He's not going to make any money. He's just probably going to sit there for the rest of the year. And What's be, his price at now? Be useless, mate. Which is just incredibly, incredibly frustrating. Um, his price at the moment is three forty three k. Yeah, so it's yeah. like even if you go him to a basement player, it's one forty. What are you going to do with that? Yeah, no, nothing. Yeah, just frustrating. So yeah, I wanted to give him a special shout out because he's had a, a pretty big drop off <laughs> from yeah. from that that early season form. Yeah, see, I wasn't even aware that he'd dropped so much money. But yeah, sorry to hear it. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Appreciate the condolences. Uh, all right, that might be a good time for us to segue to our knights of the round table. We're knights of the round table. We dance where we're able. We do routines to call the scenes to put work in bed cable. We dine well here in Camelot. We eat ham and jam and spam a lot. All right, it's time for our Riley O'Brien check in. Giraffe. Riley O'Brien, as we like to say at the Cousins podcast, is unrivaled on the pitch and is etching an everlasting legacy as the unequivocal paragon of fantasy football greatness. It's pretty rude that you just cut me off like that, mate. <laughs> it had to be done because you do it to me every week. I'll let it go. I'll let it go. <clears throat> this week, he toweled up Briggs in the first half <laughs> of that game. Absolutely smashed him. Like, just made Briggs look like a just a D-tier ruckman. Smashed him. Hit yep. outs around the ground. Killed him. Just gave him the Briggs work. Briggs was dead. Yeah, gave him the work. Dominated hit outs for the game and I'd kiss him. I'd really kiss him. What he you- scored an 80, I think. 80 flat. <laughs> Rob, so you don't actually have the score up in front of you for the Rob <laughs> check-in. You peanut. I'm pretty sure Briggs outscored him. 80 flat. Yeah, Briggs Briggs like got going in the second half. So he didn't so he, so he got dominated in the second half. <laughs> I wouldn't say dominated, but yeah, Briggs got himself involved. Average form, Rob. <laughs> All right, moving on. It's KOTRT, the Knights of the Round Table. Um, I wanted to just start off by mentioning our convo with Jepper. Um, we ended up having a, a real good chat to him. Shout on, out to Jepper. Yeah, on Thursday night. Um, and he asked us a pretty interesting question, which was, what have we learned this year? So, Cuz, what have you what have you learned this year? What are some of the lessons that you've taken away from the 18 rounds of, of footy that we've had? Absolutely nothing. That's nah, good. It, oh, no, honestly, though, when Jeppa asked us, it was so funny because I just froze. Like, I wasn't... Yes, I actually wasn't ready. Like, I've got a list I, of 50, like, 50 things and I, I just know. couldn't think of any of them. I know, exactly. <laughs> We've been writing it down. We've got our notes from the year and some of our takeaways. But, like, just when Jeppa asked me, I was like, yep, yep. Uh, there's something in there in this brain of mine which doesn't want to emerge. Um. But yeah, uh, we've got a couple of takeaways. One of them, which I've I've said a few times um, in fantasy proverbs and things like that, um, is no late changes. That's something that I want to really, really stick to. Yeah, um, I'm big on that as well. The, yeah, the no late changes. <laughs> it cooks me so much. And yeah, especially I'm for finally cap- learning captains for me. Yeah, I'm never. We we had a discussion off air that we're going to start making some content about top five captains and we're going to research really hard and put out who we think and who we believe are the top captains every week based on their matchups, based on their form, 
based on their history against the clubs and at the grounds. Um, and then we're going to quite religiously stick to the players that we have put in our top five because I always do this. I see all the other content and I listen to all the other content in their top fives. And then I just go, you know what? This week I feel like English is going to be good. Yeah, it's not. When, when, I feel like when you do the research and you actually put the time in, at least if you pick flops, you can kind of live with it because it's, yeah. I mean, it's you, yeah. know, you put the work in and it's just bad luck. But just picking players off a whim and then it going badly just stings because yeah. it's like, man, what? yeah, there was no yeah. thought There was no thought behind this. I just went with my gut and it well, didn't work. There is which, thought. I guess it is gut and thought. Like I yeah, still fe- take in all the stats. I listen to it all. It's not just like it is a lot blindness. of gut feel that you, you, yeah. like, you have to go within fantasy. It's more the point that I'm really trying to make is that just for myself, if I am putting something out there and going, here's who I recommend you guys as your top five, I'm doing it purely based on statistics, not not my own gut feel. Yeah. And if I'm putting if I'm putting something out there that I really believe, then it just makes sense that I should stick to it. And I think my captaincy choices are going to be much better next year as a result. And speaking of which, we had a discussion a couple of weeks ago about captaincy lines. And one thing I'm going to stick to next year as well is just actually taking a VC score if it's above... 110 is what I'm going to take. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a big one for me as well, the VC line, because we say it. We say we've got a strict line and a lot of the time we don't stick to it. We just You never want to, do you? Yeah, it's it's hard to just bank the points, but I think it's it's just so valuable to have them, to have them there and, and um, actually, yeah, stick to a plan because, yeah, I mean, 105, 105 is what I found for myself and a lot of the other teams in our league was the optimal line, but even 110, like it would have improved all our all our teams as well, just not quite as much, but... Yeah, actually being stringent with that and and sticking to it is going to be an important an important thing for years to come to try and just prevent m- the mishaps that have happened this year. Yep. I've got I've got a few more. Another big one is it's it's a bit sort of random sounding, but if I'm keen on a player just to grab them and not and not try and wait and like be be too cute with it. Cuz Nick Dacos is a big one. I was like, "Oh, I'll wait till he drops in price. Like he's inevitably going to have a bad game." Just it just didn't come. He got up to you know high nine hundred Ks, and it took me so long to get him in. If I just bit the bullet and grabbed him, I wouldn't have had to stress for much of the year. Um, I think we do, even though it's like a it's a BE game and it's a value game. A lot of the time, we get wrapped up in BE is a little bit too much. I think so. Yeah, just grabbing guys that I'm keen on earlier instead of trying to be be too cute with my trades is a big one. And and yeah, like the VC line as well. Yeah, they're the main ones. No late changes again, like you said. I guess it's all things that we sort of knew already, but um, this year has just yeah really reinforced them. And I've got I've got my list of rules that I'm going to try and stick by with my trades yep. for next year. Yep, I've got another one for you. And this one, I think I've had a worse time with this one than you this year. But it's to like I think fantasy is a game where it's a balance between being aggressive and being conservative with picks. Um. And sometimes I try and get too aggressive um, and chase a guy, like go early on a guy. That's what I'm talking about specifically is trading in a guy who you you sort of predict a role change or predict a turnaround in form. And it doesn't always come. I, I'm assuming you're sort of re- re- like referring to steel, like before. Jack Steele coming straight off the buy. I should have just, 
I should have just picked Brad Crouch. And yeah, and Mills as well this week. I know yep. I know that's one that stings a bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that that's a totally different one because I actually wasn't that keen on it, but I was sort of felt like I was forced into that trade a it's little the bit. Same, it's the same sort of principle though. Yeah, like. but the steel one specifically is like, he. I knew there was an injury concern for him before his buy and my assumption was the week off would is, do it, going, yeah, to, would get is right. going to be enough to fix the injury issue. But really- he had a break even of like 120 that week and I should have just waited for in round 13, should have just watched him for a game and if you see everything go right, then then you pick him up. You know what I mean? There's no there's no downside to waiting. Yeah. When it's yeah, a no, guy no. that could or has like even a very small question mark, at least waiting completely and eliminates that. Whereas I was just like so keen to get aggressive. That was... I was just in that sort of mindset. I think the week before I was feeling really positive because I'd nailed the uh, Ben Keys trade oh. and the Darcy Cameron trade. And I was like, yeah, we're just going aggressive for the rest of the year. Yeah, Jack Steele is just, he's coming off the buy. It's going to turn my season around. And in reality, every trade is a different one. So even though I'd, I'd nailed an aggressive trade the week before, Jack Steele is his own separate yeah, yeah I, know, um, I know what you mean. Thing, you know, it's its own case study. So you can't treat, every trade is different. So... In that situation, being aggressive was the wrong move and I should have just waited one week. He had a high break even. And so that's something that I'm going to be strict on for myself next year is that if it's a player I'm keen on, uh, but there's a slight question mark, I'm just going to wait till I've eliminated that question mark because there were other options that week. Lockie Neal was cheap. Brad Crouch was cheap. Um, Humor Cluggage was very cheap. Clug, yeah. Yeah, so there were, there, were lots of, there were lots of options coming off that buy, but I just... For some reason, I just got greedy because I know Jack Steele when yeah, he you know is what he fit, can do. when he is fit. Yeah, I I basically shot for the stars. I was like, what's the trade that could potentially come off the best? What has the best potential outcome? Yeah, yeah, you, you, you do have to to make those choices sometimes and and, yeah. and do swing for the fences. But yeah, there's there's like a time and a place. The point is though, if he had dropped the one forty, yeah, he only would have gone up like ten k. Exactly. Yeah, I know. So what you mean. so uh, yeah, I, I I'm kicking myself a little bit for that one. So that's a, that's a lesson that I've kind of, it's, it's, I've noted. Yeah. It's turned around now, but you could have saved yourself from grief. Um, the last one for me that I, I just wanted to say is not to overthink it. That was, I think where I've been caught up the most this year, just trying to predict like tags and to a certain extent roles. But like, again, going back to Dacos in the preseason with the Finn McGuinness tag, like clamped him in a preseason game. And then I thought, oh no, Dacos is going to be susceptible to tags. And I didn't start with like the pick of the year because of that. And then with like captaincy options each week. And yeah, again, just trying to get too cute with it and, and predict the tags that never seem to come or like just come at weird times. I think pick pick captains and, and, and like trading targets based on, you know, potential and how good they are as a player, not like what could go wrong. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's... Again, Dacos is, is the biggest one for it, but it's just captains as well. Like Zeret, I got scared that he was going to get tagged by West Coast, so I picked Anderson instead, and then Zeret dropped to 150 the next week and has gone on a massive run. So just tags is the real big one. Just try and dis- disregard tags a bit more because in reality, there's, there's one team that has an elite tagger, and they, they've used him like three times this year. So yeah, yeah. like even when Ben Keys tags, he doesn't really yeah, it's not reduce like his opponents to to too much, you know what I mean? Like he tried to tag Nick Dacos. No, didn't work. Yeah, because he was running with Josh Kelly for a, for at least half of that game on the weekend and Josh Kelly scored a 108. Yeah, it's because he doesn't he doesn't 
tag per se. He just like he, he does like a defensive job, but yeah, I mean, mo- yeah, most taggers are, do- are are doing that now. Like they're m- midfielders that just play sort of defensive roles. Like Mills is one that gets defensive jobs heaps. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think trying to disregard tags a little bit more and just be a bit a bit more open with the, like the primos that I'm picking and stuff and, and yeah. not to get too cute yeah. with my choices. Yeah, I think it's more a thing for like captaincy choices. Yeah, avoiding yeah, for sure. avoiding that for captaincy choices, but not letting it deter you from a player completely. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Even still, sometimes with the captaincy, though, like, yeah, yeah, you you scare yourself off. The tags have so rarely come. Like there was yeah. people that were reluctant to to captain Zerat against Adelaide because they thought he might get a keys tag, and he absolutely smashed him. Keys didn't. didn't give him any attention. He got attention this week though. He, yeah, he from did. O'Connor and Atkins. It was sort of, they were running a double tag because Par- I, I watched a few times. Parrish was trying to get in there and like body. O'Connor off there and like make O'Connor his man and then Atkins bang straight onto him. They're just making sure there was someone like just into Zeret the whole time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, these things do happen, but it's pretty rare. Like Zeret's caught what? One tag this year? Two tags uh, this year? This whole actually, year. He co- he caught Finn McGuinness for about a half a footy in round one. Well, I remember he, that. Yeah. And then went bonkers in the second yeah, half. Yeah. He scored like 60 something points in the second half. Yeah. R- ridiculous. Anyway. All right. Let's move on. Yeah. The um, next thing that I wanted to raise was just a question. Can I, or can, can you, anyone really trade Marshall or English to Max this week? Um, I'm going to say No. Actually, no. Explain, please. No, no, no. Okay. This is a tough one. I need some, uh, I need a reason through this because so, it, it's very, very scenario dependent. Let me just, let me just hit you with it. So Marshall to Gorn would make you 210K. English to Gorn would make you 198K. In my opinion. 92, sorry. See, this is, okay. Let me explain myself. This is why I believe it's scenario dependent because for me, I can get more cash from doing a bench downgrade. I still have Sheldrick on my bench. I can go him to a basement player and net myself over 300K. Yeah, I've got... I've still got, got Gus, Johnson. I've, I've got still Gus got Windhager well. on my bench. Oh, sorry. I've, Wilmot, Wilmot, Wilmot. Yeah. I've got... Yeah. I so, traded Gus last week. So you, you talk about that netting you 200K, but I don't... I don't think it's worth 200K. Gone could easily be the number one Ruckman. For yeah, but you say he's, could. He's coming off a 162. He, he, as of right now, is the most informed <laughs> Ruckman in the comp. If, From one game. Yeah, but yeah, but Marshall but, scored like a 140 just last week. Yeah, well, I know. Two, but, well, two weeks ago, technically now that the round's over. But the and only English thing, scored a 140 last week. But the only thing holding Gorn back from being like in that number one Ruck mix throughout the year was that he had Grundy there taking like 50% of the CBAs and... You know, Gorn was spending a lot more time forward, not actually in the ruck. But now that Grundy's out of the team, Gorn's playing ninety-five percent ruck. Yeah, but he, he could average one hundred and fifteen mm. for the rest of the year. Oh, maybe he just—he's coming off a one sixty-two. It's yeah, a, he it's is. a high score of his entire career. Think about, it. and it was against Oscar McInerney, who is generally a restrictive ruckman. Okay, but do you think he he's just going to keep dropping career career high numbers? He's he's probably not going to drop a one sixty this week. But mate, he he could be. The number one rock for the rest of the year. He really yes. could. So he could. And so this is where I'm saying it's scenario dependent. I think if you're wanting a point of difference. Let, let me tell you. Can you let me finish my point? All right, yeah, I'm sorry. Because I think this is an important right, point right. to make. I would recommend it 
if you want a point of difference. I'm not saying the reason to do it is for the cash. That's the point I'm trying to make. Unless, and this is where it's even more scenario dependent, you don't have any downgrade options on your bench. Then I'm saying, okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay, 200K is enough. But for me, it's just like, man, I can get a 300K plus downgrade Listen, and it not, it right. not be a change on my field. Listen to this though. Ma- this is Max's run. They play Adelaide. Rob is a super easy ruck to score on. Yep. Richmond without Nank. North Melbourne, Carlton, Hawthorne and Sydney. Wow. To end the year. Wow. Max is going to eat, man. That's such an easy run of teams. Oh. He he genuinely could like be. He probably will be the number one ruck for the rest of the year. Jeez. To be honest, he if Grundy stays out of the team, which he will, like Grundy's not coming back in based off his forward craft in the VFL. Like Grundy, <laughs> you're not going to see Grundy bag like six goals in a VFL game to force his way into the team. I think Grundy's just a second ruck now. Uh, you put forward a good case, Melbourne. and I think it's Melbourne are in a very interesting point of their season where they're going to really want to start like ramping up the form, you know? Max has been sort of in and out of form for the season, kind of because um, Grundy's been in there. But yeah, now I think he's going to want to try and like really build into finals with six rounds to go. You might be right. I I wasn't on board because you sold it as like a money, as a money option. But when you told me that draw... Yeah, I mean, we might we might have to take a time out and look at the draw of those other two Ruckman if we if we're really going to recommend it as an option if we want to deep dive into this. I tell you what, I wish I did it last week. That's all I'll say because it yeah it was a two hundred and fifty k difference last week between English and Gorn and yeah I guess I was scared that Grundy would just come straight back in but after seeing how well Gorn played and what he did, there's no way there's just no yeah. way that they're going to take him away from yeah. that that role so. I, I like it. Yeah, I like it as a pod move now. If you're someone who's like in the top, let's say, 500 coaches and you want to like just, you just want something different in your team to try and make up that ground, you could. You yeah. easily could. The, it's just so hard to recommend because those other guys have just been just phenomenal all year. They haven't stopped. They haven't stopped being good. Yeah, bo- both English and Marshall actually have soft draws. I'm, I'm looking at it now. Um, not quite as soft as Max, but yeah, definitely on the softer side. Those guys aren't going to slow down. I, I, I don't no. think they will anyway, but Max could Max could still eclipse him. We know what he does as an on one ruck. Yep. I think for, for me, I'm saying you can do it. I'm not saying definitely do it. It's something that you need to do, but if, if you're keen on it, then absolutely you can pull the trigger. Great. All right. Cool. I've got, I've got a discussion point for you. The Eagles, no junk this week. No. None. Yeah, I was at the game this afternoon. And yeah, all of all of their players just, it's so weird because la- the last two weeks they've just just ridiculous mark numbers. I put the numbers up. I talked about them in the podcast last week. Just Duggan, Witho, Hearn, all of them smashing it, but this week I was just watching it. They yeah, they were kind of just kicking it long a lot more, trying to move it quickly mm. through the corridor a little bit more as well. Witho nailed a couple of nice kicks through the corridor, like three in a row. He's underrated, Witho. Yeah, I, I, yeah. When he's when he's in form, he's good. He's got a nice kick on him sometimes. I think sometimes he tries to do too much. But yeah, he he can make some pretty poor decisions. But I'm a, I'm a Witho fan. I yeah. know you're a Witho fan as yeah. well. Um, but it, it's just something I wanted to flag because I was like red red hot on Duggan last week, and he and yeah, and Witho, you, yeah. 
Yeah. None of, neither of them scored a bad score. They scored 80s, but that's like what you'd expect of them without the just ridiculous junk. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, Yeah, no West Coast player turned up this week, which is interesting. And Cole, Tom Cole was actually the highest scorer with his 97, <laughs> which I don't think you'll ever see that again, to be honest. <laughs> I saw Dossie tweet about that. Yeah, earlier today. That's pretty funny. It is. Um, it's yeah. It's interesting though because we were looking at yeah, Duggan Widow. Um, her. It's funny. Hearn was a guy that I was kind of keen to try and snag in our dynasty league, um, via trade because I thought that he could he could just go on Have a massive a finish. Run. Yeah, yeah. When he when he gets back in, well, I mean he played played today, but when he gets back into form, um, but yeah, I, I can't really see it happening now. It's funny, yeah, because this to me this is how the Eagles were trying to play at the start of this year. Like they were really making like it looked like. Um, Simpson was trying to get them to move the ball faster and through the corridor more. Um, and it just wasn't working for them. So they went back to their old ways for a little bit with the high it kick felt, mark game. Just just quickly on that. It felt like that was sort of damage control to me. Like the, yeah. chi- the chip marks yeah. sort of stuff. But After they got absolutely creamed by Sydney. Exactly. Yeah. But I think it's a bit of a watch this space because there's still six rounds to go. Um, they could go back into damage control and any of these Eagles guys could be nice for fantasy finals. Yeah, and like you said, they didn't score badly or anything. So um, yep. Duggan and Withers are still, you know, watch list guys at least. All right, moving on. Is it time to jump off Himmelberg? Yes. Harry Himmelberg. Yes, and it hurts me to say it because... Back-to-back 70s. Back-to-back 70s, and I got him in two weeks ago for those back-to-back 70s. I didn't get his 90 three weeks ago, and I didn't want him. Yeah, I I said it on the pod last week. His score last week was really negatively impacted by some some pretty poor umpiring decisions, but this week just didn't pass the eye test, didn't really get the job done. It's concerning. We know he's got a bit of a ceiling in the role, but... You, you you mentioned it off air, actually possibly on air. It's been a, it's been almost an hour. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, just the Giants aren't really playing that like halfback friendly game style that they were playing last year. So his scoring's probably not going to reach the point that it was at last year. No, he's probably just a low eighties guy now. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, low eighties. But the other thing is, um, Adelaide are the hardest team for defenders to score on. They'd, they'd work really hard to not let other teams just chip it around. They press. Yeah, I guess that's I guess that's a flag with the poor score. It'll be an interesting one to watch. I've got to hold on to him, so I'm hoping he turns it around. You could you could give him one more. That's what I'm going to do. He's got Gold Coast this week. Yeah, and he still took a handful of kick-ins. I think he's getting slightly less now that Whitfield's back. I yeah, think Whitfield's been back for what two weeks now, and. And those two seventies coincide with that. So yeah, that's interesting. A slight, a slight dip in kick in numbers. Yep. All right, we've got we've got Mills on our list, but I guess we covered him earlier. Whether whether to trade or, I'm saying hold or hold. It's yeah. frustrating. He's he's you, yeah. He's what like gonna be a ninety guy, ninety to ninety five, oh, yeah. maybe a hundred. Hope hopefully. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, I'm an owner, but I think I think it's still a hold. Yeah, I think so too. All right, I'm going to throw a couple names at you and yep. I, I want your your fast thoughts on them. Hit me. Ivan Soldo as an interesting sort of mid-price like rookie swap option. He's a ruck forward. You could even put him on your bench if you've got a close to complete team. Jeez, uh, this I, I'm kind of stumped with this one because 
a week ago, I was ice cold on this. And I'm, I've seen a few people discuss it on Twitter. He's 493k, so he actually he went up a lot this week. He did. I watched him with my very own eyes today, and he he smashed the eye test, but it was against Bailey Williams, who gives up scores to rucks. So I'm sort of torn. The, the other thing is he only has two weeks left in the role. Yeah. So I can't say that it's a strong recommendation, but... And like you said, he's got Max in two weeks as well. Yeah. If you're really in trouble, I think you could just do it as like a quick a quick option <laughs> to, to try and just get you through the next two weeks. But um, yeah, uh, it's just a bit of an interesting kind of random pop-up of form. He's actually averaging 90 on the year now because he's only played two games. So <laughs> that's pretty funny. Right. I would much prefer this next name on our list, which is Sam Flanders. I know there's a little bit of a price difference between them, but... Sammy Flanders, oh boy, career career high numbers. We talked about it earlier. I'm, I'm a big Sam Flanders man. <laughs> me <love> too. <laughs> We're both Flanders men. Um, and yeah, do it. Yeah, he was I, in the I, CBA mix even with Took back and in the mix. That they the who's their interim coach? I can't remember. I don't know the name <laughs> off the top of my head. We should have checked this, but we definitely should have checked. Um, Whoever it is, like Sam Flanders more than Stuart Dew does, though. Well, it's it was pretty clear that they had a tight four man rotation, and Flanders is their fourth mid. But at his price, uh, and with his scoring ability, he could be yeah a ninety plus guy from here. Yeah, there was a couple. There was a couple of other players in the CBA sort of late in the game. Um, I think when it was sort of just close to done and dusted, um, Fiorini came on and and had a few at the end as well, but. He was sub though. Yeah, 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 exactly. I think I think Flanders is going to stay in that role because I mean, like you said, he's young. He was a high draft pick. Why would you take him out out of that role? Like he he, he could be an elite midfielder. It's what he for, was born to do. Exactly for, <laughs> for the next ten years, mate. So yeah, I'm I'm a big Sam Flanders fan. I think you can you can jump on him in classic. I've got him in in dynasty, which I'm elated about. <laughs> All right, another guy I wanted to talk about because he's, <laughs> he comes up every week. It's Baba Yaga, Ben Keys, our boy. He um, what what are you doing? Well, I wanted to talk about what, him because what are you doing? I talk about Keys, not you, <laughs> mate. He's our boy, mate. He's our boy. But Ben Keys, we flagged it two weeks in a row that he was out of the mid rotation, but this week he was back. You so ruined I the Ben Keys checking. <laughs> You Did ruined I? it. I didn't, he's not even on my run sheet, mate. We talked about this. No, we didn't. <laughs> we didn't talk about this. Wow. I'm mad at you now. Are you? I'm not going to talk All to right, you. All right, channel it. Use it. I will, mate. I, I can't do the check-in because you ruined it. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. All right. Next thing on our list, there are no more Thursdays. <laughs> there, is, <laughs> there is no more Thursdays, mate. The Thursday game's over. <laughs> You're also just a dog. Um, that's bad. I think it's just time we just wrap it up, to be honest. All right. See you later, listeners. Enjoy. Have a good week. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Keeps us out. <laughs> no. no, of course. There are no more Thursday games. I think the big, really just the big impact is the the VC options because it's easy to VC a player on a Thursday. Um, I I like it. I'm, I work afternoon so i don't get to catch all the thursday games which is a bit annoying yeah. just just as a footy fan but also as a fantasy fan i kind of like it when the games are all more bunched together over the weekend so i'll be happy to see the back of yeah. thursdays and hopefully yeah. there's there's some there's some good vc options on friday nights i haven't haven't quite looked at the, yeah. the fixture for the rest of the year but and we're both wa boys so 
we clock off work and then the footy's just like, oh shit, it's about to start. I always have a hectic, hectic end to my Thursdays at at school. Um, so it'll be nice not to go through that stress on Thursday afternoons with teams and then a game starting. Yeah, I always have to take my break like as, <laughs> as soon as teams <laughs> drop, just to quickly like straight to the dunny. Make sure. Sh- Make sure everything. Nah, mate. I'm 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 in a I'm in a van in a vehicle, so I have to just like pull over, find a nice quiet place to chill, and <laughs> get look look through my fantasy team before I ca- carry on the rest of my shift, and then just like intermittently throughout the night flick through scores. It's just going to be good to see the back of Thursdays anyway. <laughs> All right. Um, I think the last thing that we really wanted to talk about for our KO TRT was just the pod chat, just a rehash of the pod chat that we had last week. Um, who are you still keen on from that, from the list that we, we had last week? Um, is there any that you're, you're more keen on now that you, than you were last week? I wouldn't say more keen, but yeah, we had quite an extensive list last week. It was enormous. It was, it was probably close to 20 players that were all under, what was it? 20% ownership, 30%, 30% ownership in the top top 1000. Yeah, exactly. So we looked at some of the pods in the top 1000 and some guys that you could ride on the run home to try and gain some rank. And basically 15 of those 20 all underperformed this week. Um, Caleb Daniel was bad. Oh. Duggan was bad. Witho was bad. Warney was pretty flat about Caleb Daniel. <laughs> you would be, at, you at, would, at you'd be very, very flat. Um, so a whole handful of them are bad, but I'm not going to go through all of them. The ones from that list that I'm still very keen on for the run home based on this extra week of data. Oh, uh, Right, it's time for the Ben Keys check-in. You thought it was done, but it's not. Of course, how could I not talk about Baba Yaga, the big, beautiful boy? This week, he scored 70. He had the second most CBAs from Adelaide, which is interesting. His role is all over the place at the moment, but I reckon he's still a hold. We call him Baba Yaga. Nice. Fantastic. You couldn't you couldn't be stopped. I couldn't let it go, mate. I couldn't let it go. I couldn't deprive the listeners of their just weekly 20 seconds of just elation, glory, <laughs> happiness, all of it. Ben, Baba Yaga, he's the man. It better be the highlight of your week, those 20 seconds. It's the highlight of my week. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> all right. Moving on. You, you broke my train of thought, though. That's the problem. We, we were having our pod chat, mate. You were t- about to tell us about the players that you're keen on. The ones I'm still keen on. Yes, that's right. All right. Of the defenders, the only one that looked somewhat respectable this week was Luke Ryan. And even still, he only scored a 90. But he's just a weird one to recommend. It wasn't a week for the defenders at all, was it? Just no. generally. No. Yes. <laughs> it's only a Stuart couple of popular crap. solid scores. Sicily was crap. Oh, all crap. Even Sinclair was disappointing. Doc was very disappointing. Yeah, Doc, very disappointing. Um, yeah. So Luke Ryan, I, I really like him for like maybe the last month, but I just don't like the flaw that he has. Yeah, that's the risk you take with him. He could drop a 50 on you, which you just don't want at this point of the season. But no. he's got the ceiling. I mean, he's shown it like throughout the year. He just, I think he'd be a fun player to own as well. He would be, yeah, he would be. He's so junky. All right, of the midfielders, we've got Parrish, Luke Davies Uniac, Josh Kelly, and Jack Steele. Now, I, I basically, I love all of them as options. Josh Kelly, massive value. He's been tagged two weeks in a row, a soft tag this week, admittedly, but 
I think he's a great option for the run home. Jack Steele, we know what he does. I suspect he's not a pod anymore, though. Uh, yeah, in in that top in that top thirty percent, his yeah. ownership has rocketed up. I haven't checked. Josh Kelly just quickly is actually down to eight hundred and twenty two k, and his BE is still one twenty nine. So he's for what he can do, he's so so cheap. He's still averaging a hundred as well after a thirty. Yeah. Um, his CBA numbers were back up this week. Up. Yeah, yeah, way up. I'm I'm really keen on Josh Kelly. If you're looking for a mid, he, he could he could even be the pick of all the midfielders this week. <sighs> to be honest. Continue, continue though. Would you pick him over LDU? Well, I was about to touch on LDU because I know this is a very relevant for your team this week because you need someone in that sort of price range. Yeah, that exact for Tom like Green seven fifty to eight fifty price range. I'm actually grabbing two players because I'm I'm getting rid of Green and Ashcroft finally. Um, at the moment I'm grabbing LDU and Steel, but I haven't haven't really put too much thought into Kelly. I might it might be LDU and Kelly. LDU is, pro- is probably the pick to be honest, but. Kelly's, really? Kelly's the safest in that range, 100%. Based on the names, Steele and Kelly are like the guys who have just done it before. I mean, LDU's, LDU's just done a draw. He's just got the draw. It's a tough one. Maybe we'll keep thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> revisit it. This will be something all week for you, I think. Yeah, it will be. It's hard It's hard to order them, but I think, like you said, they're all phenomenal options. LDU, Kelly, Steele, Parrish. You can't go wrong with any of them this week. You were saying off air earlier as well that Parrish's score against Geelong is even more impressive considering they got obliterated by the Cats. It's weird. He was having a terrible game. Like he was, yeah, He for a little second, I thought he was going to drop a 70 or an 80. He got going late and got to 93, but I think that's so impressive. When you look at the numbers of all the Essendon players in that game, like the possessions was just way down. Yeah. Um, there's just like compared to the week before the numbers they put up against Adelaide, so the fact that Parrish still managed to get to 90 in what will, what will almost certainly be their biggest loss for the year, yeah. um, it's, man, it's a, it's a good sign. It's a really good sign. For sure. The other thing with Parrish is his floor is just so high. Like, he, he doesn't really drop stinkers. The last, of the last two years, his lowest score is an 80 that isn't injury affected. That's just terrific form. Um, so uh, for me, he's the pick of sort of the higher priced pods. If you're looking to spend some cash, I grabbed him a couple of weeks ago and he's just such a fun player to watch. But yeah, he's he's consistent. He's got a ceiling. He's got a, a high floor. There's I, You just can't go wrong with Parrish. Um, moving on to the Rucks, we've really just got Max as the one that we're still keen on. There's not much to say. We, I guess we just covered all of it unless there's anything else you wanted to add. No, yeah, we talked about Max for long enough. And Definitely. Then, and then forwards, your boy that you're bringing in this week, Dunkley. Yes. Yes, I think... If you can scrounge up the money to go directly to Dunkley this week, I think it's a great move. He's expensive. He's got a high break even, but it's the time of year that um, getting on early could get you a rank jump because some people might take them an extra two or three weeks to finally get dunks in. Yeah, for sure. Something like 97% of the top 1K traded dunks out when he was injured. So like you said, if you can jump on him, this week, you you could just get a massive boost on the rest of the competition. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, we thought that about Sicily last week. We did. We did. Yes. Um, we thought that. And funnily enough, a lot of people ended up jumping on. He was one of the most <laughs> traded in players. And also, he sucked. Dunk, dunks, you but would dunks think, is, is probably, he's he, probably not going to cop any tags. And even if he did, you'd think that he'd sort of be able to work his way through it a bit more than dunks Sicily. Dunks is way more consistent. Who's to, a rebounding defender. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 
yeah, Sicily will make that up for you. I'm certain of it against St Kilda, but Dunks isn't the kind of guy that's going to drop a 65. Nah, wouldn't have thought. His lowest scores early this year were in the 70 range, as frustrating as they were, but... He hasn't just, looked like that in a yeah, long time. Yeah, just adjusting to a new team. He's, he's <clears throat> found form, and I think he's going to continue it for the rest of the year. Yeah. Cool. Great. So those are our favorite pods, and um, yeah... I think they're good. Oh, just one last one, McCluggage. The clug. He's he's continually getting it done, but I would... I love it, mate. I've he's taken, living up to my bold prediction. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm taking him off my list, even though he was good again, because A, Dunkley is back. Yeah, that's, and B, that's a flag. his price just isn't really cheap enough anymore that it, it, it doesn't excite me anymore. You know, it's like you could be getting these other guys that just have a much, much higher ceiling. Yeah. Much if, more potential. Yeah, kudos if you did jump on, but you you wouldn't be doing it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the last thing, actually, just talk, we were talking about Parrish just before. I had a quick look at his draw. He has a very soft run for finals, fantasy finals. He has West Coast, North Melbourne, GWS, then Collingwood. Yeah, that's... That's soft for inside mids. GWS is the only semi-tough one. A lot of a lot of people will sort of wince when they hear the name Collingwood as well, but they're actually one of Parrish's favourite teams. He dropped that. His real breakout game was against them on an Anzac Day. Anzac Day, yeah. Um, where he dropped a 150 for the first time. Um, yeah, it's, it, he's going to just eat, eat those teams up. He's just such a beast. Yeah. So I just wanted to mention that. So I think that wraps up our talking points for this week. There was lots to chat about. That was our Knights of the Round table. And we're going to move swiftly onto the Cousins Crystal Ball. <laughs> Professor Filoni. He will return tonight. Sorry? The Cousins Crystal Ball. The serious parts of the pod are wrapped up. It's time to get into the goofy stuff now, cuz. Last week, you said that Jared Lyons would go 100 plus. He scored 76. What do you have to say for yourself? I'm sorry. Okay. I'm just apologizing. <laughs> just a, a quick heartfelt apology. All right. I last week you said that. Said that. <laughs> sorry. We just moved on. I, I would have said something really witty if Did my brain was working. No, yeah. No. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for Jared's performance. Maybe it's the nachos that we had earlier. Oh, shout, yeah. shout out to Zams. <laughs> Zambrero. Yep. Uh, yeah, okay. Last week, I said Mills would go 112 plus. He scored 71, so I actually did worse than you with my prediction, but I'm just going to blame Mills because he's just like, what are you doing, mate? He had the role. You don't care about the Cousins pod? Yeah. You don't care about Keeves' reputation? Selfish, that's what he is. I'm just disappointed in both, to be honest. Yeah, they're both <laughs> really average. Um yeah, Mills is a bit less forgivable than Lions. Lions yeah. is like... If you yeah. jumped on Lions, you'd be like, oh, well, it was only going to be like a one-week thing anyway. <laughs> yeah. Just a one-week thing. It week was fling. fun and it's, yeah, yeah. It's, and a one-night stand. Now one- it's over, yeah. You can look back on, on it with fond memories of just, I don't know. Fond- <laughs> Sleeping with Jared Lyons. Fondness, yeah. <laughs> okay, this week, cuz, <laughs> what have you got? <laughs> Don't catch feelings for him. Yeah, don't um, catch feelings because you won't see him for another <laughs> eight weeks. All right, well... Maybe not ever again, to be honest. <laughs> we might have seen the last of Lions. Yeah, maybe. Do you, th- do you think we'll see him again? <sighs> nah, he probably gets dropped this week. If they had won and he had played well, they probably would have found a way to hold him in. Yeah, if they- Devin Robinson, Robertson is more on the fringe. He was sub. So potentially he's the one that gets dropped for dunks and Lions is sub. Oh, yeah. 
Just, just gross. I, I don't want, think he's getting a full game though. I wonder if another team will pick him up. I don't. I think. I think we've seen the last one. I don't think he's ever going to play again. West Coast Eagles. Nah, you just need youth. We've already got old mids that we don't need. We don't need any more of them. Anyway, what have you got this week? <laughs> well, I'm going back to back with uh, Brisbane Lions predictions, and I'm saying dunks with a 130 plus on return. All right, all right. I don't mind it. Is that bold enough for you? Is it bold enough for me? Let well, me you said to me off air that we need to be less bold with our, <laughs> yeah, with so our cousin's crystal ball predictions. We don't keep swinging for the fences. Yeah, just because getting s- struck out. Currently, we're each sitting at one correct prediction for the season. One, one out of about 10. <laughs> and you said, I'm concerned. That <laughs> about our credibility. Yeah, <laughs> you're concerned it's ruining our reputation and our credibility. And I just said, but they're bold. They're supposed to be bold. Yeah. <laughs> That's the whole point of the segment. That's true. I guess if we're hitting- it if makes we're hitting, it even more fun when you nail one. It does. I, I guess if we're hitting like seven out of 10, they're not really bold predictions. Exactly. And and this is the thing. Every time I suggest one, you go- I don't think that's bold enough or that's, <laughs> you know, like you, you try and make it even tougher for me. So you just got to be consistent because I'm getting mixed messages from you. I, I apologize, mate. But <laughs> I apologize. Back, back to the actual point is Dunks 130 plus. Are you happy with that? Yeah. Two weeks off, comes back against Geelong. Yeah, I'll give you that. 130 plus. I reckon that's very bold against Geelong. Yeah, I gave it to you. What, what more do you want? Yeah, no, me? I'm just, I'm talking it up as well. <laughs> We're both talking it up. All right, okay, I'll get into mine, and it's that LDU will be a top eight mid for the rest of the year. Okay. Is that bold enough for you? It I, has to be. The I only answer is to, yes. I would love to revisit my own top eight best 22 mids for the run home and just who I think, because I, I personally think he's in the mix as well. But he, he's going to be in the top eight, mate. That's my call. So, what, so you're saying that my prediction isn't bold, that a player who's averaging like 90 – is going to be a top eight mid, but yours is bold. That dunks, who's just a beast, is going to drop one one good game. <laughs> yeah, but on return from an injury, yeah, but it's against a, a hard team, two week injury, and they said that he could have played this week. If if mine has to be, so more you bold, said it, yours you has said, to be as well. You said it, my prediction was bold before, and now you're backtracking. Yeah, because you're after you're I'm trying to, to contest yours. That mine is not bold enough. It's, how is mine not bold? LDU's never been a top eight mid, and I'm saying he's going to do it for the rest of this year. Okay, but here's the thing: you you quoted the, his average for the season so far, but you failed to take into account the fact that he's gone through injury issues at the start of the year, and last year from the buys onwards, he was a top eight mid. Yeah. So Once is it before. really that bold? Dunks has probably scored like 21 30s in his the career. Thing is is, is that, that really that bold? <laughs> Did you want to play yeah, this? On return from injury, a one It's a two week injury. He could have played this week. Yeah, but a 130 plus is a big score. No. How man. many of those has he had for the season? Let's I reckon look at that. three. I'm gonna yeah. say, I'm gonna say three. It's not it's not, but if you're calling mine not bold enough, yours is also not bold enough. One thirty plus, what do you mean? He's had two for the season. It's still not enough. He's had two scores of 130 plus uh, for the whole season. You need more. If I, and I'm predicting him to do it against a hard team after two weeks off. I'm predicting a guy averaging 95 to be a top eight mid. <laughs> we're All right. Gonna, we're going to have right, to put we'll a shake. No, we'll shake on it. We're going to have to put a poll out on Twitter and just ask ask our, our who's, followers who's more bold this week. Okay. All right. That's, I'm, that's a, I'm actually keen to see <laughs> yeah, the answer to yeah, be honest. All right. We, we will get that poll going because last week we said we we're going to do a poll and it just never happened. <laughs> I reckon, I reckon I've got you covered on this one, to be honest. I'm just going to make a little note, make poll so we don't forget. Yeah. 
It's happening. Mate, there's a lot of things going on at the moment. I like it though. I, I do like that prediction. I I think it is bold, but I think I I don't want to give it to you because I sort of think it's going to happen as well. <laughs> yeah, but this segment's not called outlandish predictions. It's bold predictions, mate. <laughs> it's things that I believe are going to happen, but you know, the, the, the likelihood of it is low. Not yeah. that there's no way this will happen. So let's just say it. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Done. Yeah, silly I'll pillock. Give it, <laughs> give it to you, mate. Okay. <laughs> are we wrapping up the segment there? We are wrapping up the all segment right, That's now. the end of the Cousins Crystal Ball. And we're going to move right on to Fantasy Proverbs. Fantasy Proverbs. It's time for... To be honest, this is my favorite segment, Fantasy Proverbs. I love it. It's 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 funny each week. It, it ends the show with a, hopefully a laugh and some inspiration. But mine is from my all-time favorite movie, The Matrix, this week. And it's this. We are still here! <laughs> Morpheus, the beautiful man, says it. You got me with that. Morpheus says it in Zion. To his people. I'm saying it to the subs this week and to all our listeners. I can still make finals in our league. (laughs) I'm on the cusp. I'm on the edge. I need two big wins in the next two weeks. But I believe, I'm sure many of our listeners out there are on the cusp of greatness as well this year. And they need big wins. They need a big week this week. They need a big week next week. You're still here, people. I'm still here. The subs are still here. Keebs is still here. Jados is still here. We are still here. You are still here. Everyone is here. Let's go. Let's go. We're still alive. We are still alive. The subs. That can't be from the original Matrix movie, can it? It's from the second one. This Okay, sequel. Number two. I believe. The, Reloaded. I, I, I believe is that what it's called? All-time, all-time favorite movie series, I should have said. Really? The Matrix is fantastic, mate. And if you say a bad word about it, we're going to have problems. No, no, no. I'm not saying a bad word about it. I, I, I question the, the full series inclusion in that, though. I, I really like the first one. Couldn't hang with the others. But the that's others, okay. Mate, Reloaded is a terrific movie. The Merovingian is in it. <laughs> mate, he's great. I don't the know twins, who that is. The twins? You don't like the fight scenes with the twins, man? Oh, mate, uh, honestly, my brain, uh, I can't remember. I cannot remember, and I'm very sorry. Matrix- I shouldn't. I shouldn't have bagged out your prediction. Look, you've got it. Matrix- I mean, bagged out your your recommendation. The, the first Matrix movie and Reloaded. You've got to watch them, and then you'll see the scene in question. We are still here, and you'll just think of me, and <laughs> you'll get up and about, mate. The super subs. You'll, you'll think about the NFNL, KFKLs, and you just go, "Yeah, we've got it. It's in the bag. It's the cousins. We're coming." <laughs> To Zion. All right. I like it. I like it. That was inspirational and funny. So you've done well there. Thanks, mate. You've you've gone double bang, bang. The uh, dual world had to be done. Yeah. All right. My quote. He's just pulled his chair and he's getting serious. I'm getting comfortable. I'm getting ready. I'm going to say the quote and I want you to tell me. You've got me hooked. I want you to tell me who said it. Okay. I'm ready. You're about to laugh. Are you giggling? Here we go. If it turned out there was extraterrestrial life, <laughs> I would absolutely put my hand up to be the first person to have sex with an alien. Oh, that's a Jared special. <laughs> Gerard Waitley, ladies and gentlemen. 
<laughs> talking about potential alien invasion. <laughs> That's oh. a real quote, guys. A real, <laughs> real quote. It's real. I saw it on Twitter. It's real, guys. It's real. Oh, that is funny, mate. That is great. That that whole series of events has just been one of the highlights of the week. If you don't know, just look. Just search for Grian Myers or Jared Waitley on Twitter, and you find out hilarious stuff. Come on, trolls, do the right thing. <laughs> Delete the fake quote. It's really simple. <laughs> Jared, Jared oh. wants to make alien-human <coughs> hybrid babies. <laughs> I think that's a no, good that's place to wrap it up. <laughs> you don't. So we're not giving the context of it for those who actually haven't read, read okay. it. All. I think I should give a little explanation. So no, I think we just leave it without <laughs> the explanation. To be honest, go hunting. All right, yeah, okay. just, it is very like, funny though. It is worth it is worth hunting for. Jared Waitley said said something funny online, and then it got misquoted, and then. It was attributed to him, but it was a bit of a troll. And then he socials was, just he, had a field kicked, day. He kicked such a tantrum about it, and it was just just did not steer into the skin. <laughs> he just got <laughs> bullied online, basically, and, or just fake quotes everywhere. Oh man, he did. He got bullied hard. He <laughs> <laughs> Bullying is bad, but it was just very funny in this case. <laughs> Shout out to you for just. <clears throat> Ending the pod on a hilarious note, mate. I, <laughs> I do think that is time to wrap it up, though. If you've been listening, thank you. We appreciate all you listeners here at the Cousins Pod. We love making content. We love making the podcast each week. We do it for the fans. We do it for the love. It's so true. We love you guys, and we thank you for listening. Now, follow us on Twitter at the Cousins Pod, and follow us on Instagram at the Cousins Fantasy. You got it. Hey. You remember There was fear in your eyes when you said it, but, but it I did was say correct. It correctly. Yep. Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, good luck for round 19. All the best with your trades. Get crazy with it. Have fun. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. See ya. Kiss your Cousin. Kiss him on the lips. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin.